when it when it comes to um, breaking down who's responsible or what's responsible for the crisis, we have to consider, you know, what powers various politicians have, what structural problems are already in place. And we could get to all that. But the bottom line is, as a country, we're pretty screwed because even if, say, Pennsylvania has done pretty well at this point, and even if New York suffered tremendously, right, like just at a massive percentage, I don't think people realize this, a massive percentage of the, the New York population contracted the virus, right? And um, they're still not out of the woods because as a country, we're, we're like contiguous. <laughs> so it, it actually kind of matters what the other states do, right? Um, so, so we could get into that. But, but generally, if you look at all the charts online, right, whether you call it the first wave or the second wave, um, it's clear that we didn't do the thing that would be necessary to actually properly reopen in, and we could get into what reopen means or should mean, uh, in the way that the European Union is reopening, right? Like, we yeah. could have, we could have done that. We could have spared not just all those lives, you know, and, and all the, the tremendous suffering and pain. Um, but all the, the lockdowns and all the quarantines and all the mask wearing in a sense is for not because we're worse off now than we were at the beginning of this when we started the lockdown as a country. And so like what we have ahead of us is going to be worse than what we suffered. And, um, and we, we, we can't seem to learn the lesson, uh, even though we got the virus after witnessing other failures around the world and other successes, we can't even learn from our own states and, and how some of them are, are responding better. So there's a big morass of political, economic, public health disasters to kind of disentangle. Yeah, that, it definitely. I mean, you know, back in March, you know, when, when all the like sort of hot take journalists like myself had to quickly educate ourselves on like epidemiology 101, you go, okay, who knows what they're doing over here? Let's look at Taiwan. What's Taiwan doing? They they seem to have their shit together. Vietnam, Hong Kong, you know, China to a lesser extent, you know, it was sort of their failure that kicked the whole thing off, but they did manage to contain it. And it's like, okay, so it's, it's you got an outbreak. What you do is you do, you do a sort of bl blunt lockdown. You know, you keep people in their homes, it's a very clumsy way of doing things, but you can sort of smash down the virus. You don't have to know where it is. You just have to say, whoever's got it's got it, and we're going to keep them from infecting anybody else as best we possibly can. And, you know, if you're outside, you got to be wearing a mask, uh, especially if you're in any, any kind of public space. you got to be sanitizing the shit out of everything inside, preventing any kind of indoor gatherings, churches, uh, choirs, um, you know, only for like very necessary things like, you know, going to the grocery store or the pharmacy, that sort of thing. Then in that meantime, that buys you time to, to uh, you know, it, it puts the, keeps the burden off your hospitals. And then the government can stand up, you know, what people are calling like a test trace isolate bureaucracy. So you have mass testing um, and, you know, so you want to catch any new infection wherever it happens. You know, you'll never get all of them, but if you get, you know, like, like uh, 70, 80 percent and then you uh, trace their contacts, you go, you go back, you know, and you can use cell phones to do this. It's kind of a privacy invasion, but arguably justified under the circumstances. And you say you were in contact with, you know, this and this and this and this person. 
all of you are going into the isolate. You're going into a quarantine, a government sort of dormitory, and you're going to stay there for two weeks. We're going to provide for your, you know, you have your internet, your computer, your cell phone, and we're going to, you know, give you meals and so on. But just to make sure that you don't have it and you're not spreading it. And that's the way that Taiwan uh, took care of it. You know, that's how New Zealand got down to zero cases for weeks. They haven't had any except for two uh, British people who came in and they were infected. But as far as I can tell, they didn't get anybody else. They didn't come into contact with anyone. And, um, you know, they're having open sports. They're bringing back rugby and, and uh, soccer and stuff. Um, we did the lockdown in a panic, but only a few states, from what I can tell, even tried to set up a test, trace, isolate thing. And it's a fucking pain in the ass to do. And it's the kind of thing that American government is not good at under the best of circumstances. You know, they seem to be kind of getting the hang of it in Massachusetts. Um, it's it's going much more roughly in California and, from, and New York, from what I can tell. But, uh, you know realistically, if you're talking about a big-ass country like this where people can just cross over borders willy-nilly, it needs to be a national operation. It needs to be the federal government, you know, you know, ideally both giving the states a shitload of money to do this and then doing one themselves or maybe, you know, sort of coordinating all of them together. Like, there are a lot of ways you could go about it. Trump hasn't done dick uh, you know, there's been economic rescues that's come from the Congress and Steven Mnuchin, of all people. Um, but as far as like running the bureaucracy, the CDC, and trying to actively respond to this in any sort of, you know, rational fashion, it just Trump just didn't do it. He didn't do anything. And, and I, I think we shouldn't we shouldn't underestimate how his um repeated dismissal of the severity and and yeah. the 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 absurd statements about if we stop testing or slow down our testing then we'll have fewer cases uh, you know coupled with holding rallies and all that that doesn't just affect you know the citizenry it also affects the politics of the republican especially governors who now have their base believing trump in terms of what the risks are and aren't and they feel compelled to open up businesses and to adhere to a crazy insane form of politics that exacerbates all the problems and kills people so so i i think you know it, it's a big mess of of interconnected causality but but beyond Trump directly killing people by telling them to take things they shouldn't take because it's a cure, and besides him killing people because he didn't organize the federal governments to have this you know, efficient administrative state and coordinate in a federalist kind of way with state and local governments, besides all of that, I think also the fact that like he is kind of the Republican Party right now, other Republican leaders are, are kind of singing his tune, and that's causing further problems. Yep. Yeah, definitely. It's a... It's an absolutely catastrophic failure of leadership at all levels. Um, and, you know, as we've said, it's not just Trump. So far, even even uh, even now, it, this probably will change soon, but New York had the worst outbreak of any place in the country. And this happened because Bill de Blasio and especially Andrew Cuomo, they, they procrastinated and dithered in the early stages, they didn't want to lock down because that would have been unpopular. It would have meant pissing a lot of people off. Um, 
but it was just that you know you know events transpired soon the outbreak's really bad they had to do all the stuff they you know should have done weeks ago anyways it's just that now it was too late and 20,000 people died um and and so you know the it seems like there's a sort of like there's a twofold failure you know you you have democrats and the democratic culture which is still dominated by the moderate establishment is that you should never do anything if you should, if you can possibly help it uh you know that 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 governance is a thing that you need to avoid you know you you never you should always <laughs> Uh, try to avoid blame, first of all. You know what? You know what this reminds me of, Ryan. I, I think that this is, in and in by analogy, uh, equivalent to, and this is true in common law. Um, you know, you have no duty. So this is not analogous because I think our public servants, our statesmen, do have a duty to help us and to act in our interests. Of course, that's what they're charged to do. But in common law, just your average citizen, right, does not have a duty to rescue. So Ryan, if I see you in the river and you're drowning, um, I'm under no legal obligation, maybe ethical, moral, right, of course, but no legal obligation to jump in and rescue you. I don't know if you knew that uh, under Damn. common law. Yeah, no, so, <laughs> sorry, buddy. Uh, <laughs> however, also in common law, if I attempt, if I volunteer and I attempt to rescue you, then there's a duty of care attached. And I could be either criminally prosecuted or sued if I'm negligent in rescuing you. So I try to rescue you and I drown you, right? right? Or if I fail, I just fail. And, and, and somehow I was negligent in doing it. So it's almost analogous to how, you know, these politicians, Democrat or Republican, are acting. Like, if I don't do anything and people die, that's not on me. If I attempt to do something, I could be judged by how well I'm and how effective I am. It's, it's like the worst form. It's like the, the opposite of leadership, the opposite of what you want out of uh, our politicians. Yeah, and the same thing is true in California. You know, California never got down... You know, unlike New York, which did cut its caseload and now is only having a you know relative handful of cases every day, um, California was just sort of on a plateau for like most of a month, and then it just kept creeping up again. Um, and a month ago, a bunch of experts and other politicians in California Democratic Party were saying to the governor, "We're we we haven't we're not in a place to reopen. This shit's going to get out of control." But a bunch of people were complaining, and he just sort of pressed ahead with it. And now, you know, they're they're back in the sort of, you know, the crisis mode again, and they're starting to, like, roll everything back. And, you know, it's just a, a, a like, the, the politicians are, are just, you know, in the case of, like, public health emergencies, acting just as a sort of, like, representation of the kind of hydraulic pressures of politics at the moment. They don't even try to channel things in a way that would, you know, head off the worst. It's just reacting like a, like an amoeba or something, you know, you're poking it with a, <laughs> a stick and it, ooh, it's, you know, it squeezes away. Never trying to think two or three steps ahead to be like, if we're not in a position to reopen, therefore the, Go, um, the virus is going to expand. And if we, if the virus expands, then we're going to have to close down again. And so we can't reopen because we're going to like the very elementary, like fucking second grade kind of syllogism is just completely, you know, outside of the capability of the Democrats. And I think, 
The Republican case is a little bit different because Republicans will be incredibly aggressive about certain things, cutting taxes for the rich. They'll push stuff through that is wildly unpopular and, you know, devastates the economy uh, over the long term, you know, just by like stuffing the whole national income into the pockets of like 10 people. But uh, when it comes to things like a public health emergency, then you get the sort of like Republican brain rot coming to the fore. Because for, you know, 20, 30 years, the kind of like access of grievance has been what the the engine of conservative politics. That like, you know, the 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 free market always works best. There are no trade-offs ever in terms of, you know, taxation or or distribution. And the only problem with America is that the liberals are getting gay people married or, you know, whatever, like a, a, a totally fantastical and paranoid vision of, re, of, you know, how things work. And so when an external thing, something that has absolutely no, you know, mercy or, or window of sort of coercion, something that you can't talk around or complain around, uh, hits, they're just completely at sea. And so they retreat into their usual psychological defense mechanisms of it's a liberal conspiracy. And in fact, you know, wearing masks makes you a sissy, a cuck. And, uh, you know, the Democrats are exaggerating. There's a big meme going around now. It seems to be deflating. Uh, um, but it was, oh, it's only increased numbers because it's increased testing. Suck it, libs, you know, just looking for any kind of excuse to not think, to not consider, like, are we in the shitter? Because if we are, it's bad. It's bad for, like, the country, and it's bad for the re-election of Donald Trump, you know? The economy's collapsing, and you can't fix the economy until you contain the virus. And, you know, you can either deal with that, or you can retreat into fantasy land. And that's what Republicans have done. And so they end up behaving rather similarly to the Democrats um, in terms of trying to actually do something. Because, you know, instead of just like not not following through with their reasoning, they're just not reasoning at all. But the effect is pretty similar. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky thing. For the Democrat politicians, it seems like they don't have the guts to do what they need to do. For the Republican politicians, a lot of them might actually know what they need to do, but they don't have the guts to face their base, who's brainwashed and in fantasy land. Yeah. Uh, on, of course, to the extent that it's it's the the people's fault, uh, the people that vote Republican have been brainwashed by right wing media for for you know decades or whatever, so that they they don't believe you know you know the experts. It's fake news. They they don't believe. Uh, science, right? Even even though over the years, I think climate deniers have reduced as a number. There's a long tradition of of just like equating um, anything related to facts and the media as related to like liberalism somehow. So, yep. um, wh when you couple that with like at the core of like the libertarian notion of freedom as license. Uh, which is, you know, really rooted in Hobbes, uh, where freedom is negative. It's it's the uh, ability to do whatever the government um, doesn't prohibit. So so 
to expand freedom is, is therefore to reduce the things the government restricts. And, and this, this is really just like a, a kind of toddler version of freedom as <laughs> the, I mean, it really yeah. is like, I want to do what I want to do, like without regard to whether it's good for me, good for others. It, it's, it's the child wanting to run into the street and thinking that the limit is the problem rather than the desire to do something dangerous. Right. Uh, whereas like the classical Republican notion of freedom as being like, inextricably tied to what's good, right, for you and for others, uh, is a very different thing and sees certain limits as like, not just not bad, but actually like required for the common good. And in fact, like the fact that you can't bend your elbow backwards and break it is not that limitation is good because the function is to do that, right? Just the same way the body politic is supposed to function in the interconnected way that it's not right now. So they have this kind of like deep seated inability to distinguish license from liberty, like from true freedom. Uh, and then they couple that with kind of fake news brain and then the leaders fail them. Right. So it's just, uh, boy, what a mess, man. Yeah. I got a quote here from a Washington post article. Um, it's uh, about Arizona. It says, quote, at an anti-mask rally Wednesday, anti-mask rally, PS, uh, that's a great phrase to be hearing. <laughs> Anti-mask rally in the worst pandemic in a century. Anyway, uh, starting again. At an anti-mask rally Wednesday, a member of the Scottsdale City Council, Republican Guy Phillips, shouted the dying words of George Floyd, I can't breathe, before ripping off his mask, enlisting a rallying cry of the nationwide protest against racial injustice to inveigh against face coverings that reduce airborne transmission of tiny droplets. Hours later, he issued an apology to anyone who became offended. <laughs> Phillips, who did not respond to an email seeking further comment, runs an air conditioning business and, according to his council biography, is a member of the Better Business Bureau, the Arizona Small Business Association, and the North Scottsdale Chamber of Commerce, among other business groups. At virtually every stage of the state's pandemic response, the interests of business have held sway, said Nathan Lawfer, the founder of the Heart and Vascular Center of Arizona, a medical practice with locations in Phoenix and nearby counties and a former director of the State Medical Association. So, yeah, there there you have it. The pathology right in a nutshell. Um, just, you know, uh, like a toddler, like you said, a toddler saying, you know, mine, 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 mine. And he'd be like, no, listen, the, the, we're out of Snickers. There are no more. You can't have them just by yelling. You have to learn... You know, a little. You have to learn how the world works. And then, no, I won't. And you, you, you see how the mind, mind, mind is related to the mind comp there as well, because you have <laughs> the, uh, you have the inability to understand white supremacy and uh, the harms of racial injustice, because capitalism has so twisted the brain um, and motivated action and subjectivity such that like appropriating the, the, the desperate cries of a murdered man, um, becomes the, the, the faux populist rallying cry of like small business owners to like endanger other people's lives. Now, this is really tricky and, and like somewhat complicated because capitalism doesn't actually give a shit about small business owners, right? Like the three trillion dollars in liquidity was immediately granted so that like, capitalists could be just, you know, a wash. And by capitalists, I mean those with true power and wealth. 
Um, but for the little small business owner, they have to be kind of brainwashed into, into putting their own survival instinct um, at risk of their lives and the lives of others so that because they're not like a normal state would simply say, okay, we're going to just protect people. Now, maybe we won't protect industries as such, but like people can be protected um, and small businesses can be protected. There were some attempt to do that, but like yeah. not to the extent that we're keeping liquidity going. Right. But like the state would just say, you know what? Colleges, businesses, workers, we don't, it's actually for the public health better that you don't work unless you really have to. And then we should give you all the protective gear in the world. That's a separate issue. You should be rewarded like tremendously well for risking your, your, your lives doing this essential work. Right. Um, instead of the billionaires, just making billions more during the pandemic for doing nothing. And then like the state should just subsidize the hell out of everyone else doing what they have to do in lockdown so that we don't spread the pain. Like, it's very obvious. It's not complicated at all, right? But instead, we have this crazy system where, like, the ideology needs to work so that small business owners like that dude um, promote the most insane things uh, while – you know, the billionaires get richer anyway, and this guy might die and he tries to convince other people that are going to die. Right. And that's ideology at work. And it, it's bound up with racism and capitalism. And it's just, this country is just a mess, man. <laughs> that's the end of the preview folks. If you want to hear the whole episode, you can go to patreoncom slash left anchor. Thanks for listening.